It's interesting. I cannot confuse perfection as the priority. I'll say it again. Perfection can never be a priority for this podcast. Because if it ever is, I will just be paralyzed. And so when I think about this project, I think it comes down to really two things. Robert, are you consistent? Robert, are you making an effort? And so I'm just going to lean into that and really remember that because I do not have the time to make this as perfect as I would want. And I do not want this podcast to ever be a thing I cannot be consistent at and make an effort for. Sorry for ending those sentences with prepositions. We're just really going to give it a proper go. Prepositions, ending sentences and all. On new problems. The spiritual gift of encouragement. Correlation does not equal causation. These are fairly complicated sounding words, but I went to a fairly normal liberal arts college, which means these are the kind of complicated words paired together in overwritten phrases that teach you things. It's true. Correlation indeed does not equal causation. Here's an example. As I have said multiple times on this project, there are years that I talk about, and there are years I do not. Because I am not talking about my trauma for free. This podcast is free. I can't just give away the worst days of my life unless you're buying a hardcover version of it. But in order to explain the point I began with, correlation does not equal causation, I will begin this podcast for free. In one of the years I do not talk about, I played Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Indeed, in a really bad year, are these two things correlated? But did one cause the other? Not necessarily, and I'm leaning toward no. It's probably just the coincidence. Just because Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is not the reason for one of the years I do not talk about does not mean it was a positive part of my life. Trust me, Yahoo Fantasy Baseball was a total nightmare. Fantasy Baseball is simple. A group of 10 or so people select from the 300 or so Major League Baseball players that make up the 30 or so Major League Baseball teams to make their own personal team of 10 players. When I played Yahoo Fantasy Baseball, the players that I drafted to be a part of my team joined what I called the Mets medical staff. The Mets medical staff is a very nuanced 
baseball joke you'll only really get if you're a Mets fan. Even today, a quick Twitter search of Mets medical staff shows multiple memes of former Met press secretary Sean Spicer and one joke that says what the Mets medical staff say. DeGrom needs an MRI. What the Mets medical staff means. You will find a new definition of pain and suffering as you are slowly digested over a thousand years. The point is, in one of the years, I do not talk about, I played Yahoo Fantasy Baseball with a team that I called the Mets Medical Staff. Now you can buy the book. Fantasy Baseball is a daily rinse, wash, repeat of the least nuanced ways one can evaluate whether a baseball player is good and one of the least nuanced ways to make baseball an enjoyable part of your life. And yet I rinsed, washed, and repeat all day, every day. I'd log on to my Yahoo account, dust it off for the first time since I was a young buck in high school, and go through the dozens of targeted ads asking if I needed to get a life when I was asking different questions. Did the Mets medical staff's random Kansas City Royal first baseman get a single? Did the Mets medical staff's random San Diego Padre steal a base? Did the Mets medical staff's random New York Yankee get injured popping, catching a pop-up against the Kansas City Royals? Shit, I need a New York Yankee. This feels like a lifetime ago, and I am not sure who was on my fantasy team, but I watched their at-bats deliberately. On MajorLeagueBaseball.com, the site has cartoon virtual reenactments of live games in real time. Whenever a player on the Mets medical staff was at bat, I'd shut off whatever I was doing or worried about, whoever I was with, ignore all my trauma, because I just had to watch their cartoon on my laptop. Cartoon strike one. Wait 10 seconds. Cartoon strike two. Wait 10 seconds. Cartoon foul ball. Cartoon foul ball. Pop up. Out. On this year, the one that I do not talk about, I have never spent more time consumed with people who matter to me less. Not since I was back on MySpace. The only player I remember that year was Buster Posey. He was the catcher for the San Francisco Giants. He won MVP. And I guess on some level, I do have a soft spot for Buster Posey. But the Mets medical staff didn't win Yahoo Fantasy Baseball that year. Someone must have picked up some prospect named Mike Trout. Trout would go on to win Rookie of the Year. Trout is now the best player in Major League Baseball. 
I can appreciate Mike Trout much more in the year since because Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is a thing I do not do and it is a thing I do not talk about until today. It's funny. When I think of the questions that reduce baseball in Yahoo Fantasy Baseball to something so ordinary, so mundane, it makes baseball as thrilling as getting a random baseball card from a Kellogg's Wheaties box. It's just so disposable. And that at least would be random. You know, that is assuming I had some foresight into whether random Kansas Story Royal C would have a good season. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball was asking me to determine whether correlation does indeed cause causation. Does having a good baseball player on your team one season correlate to the next? I don't know. I don't care. Because I went to a random liberalized college and I had better things to be worrying about in the years that I do not talk about. Point is, this was consuming. And just because baseball is best because it's every day, Yahoo Fantasy Baseball really warped that to a really ugly degree. I love everyday baseball when it's my New York Mets, with Gary, Keith, and Ron calling the games on the radio or on television. Baseball is a soap opera. Baseball is a good friend who just happens to be a neighbor who you can just pop by and see for tea every night. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is more like finding a roommate on Craigslist that listens to porn without headphones every night. You can't avoid it. It's all in your head. And it's so upsetting. Fuck that guy. Because it's simple. I don't care about the Kansas City Royals. Which means it's hard to care about the Kansas City Royals first baseman. But man, if that Kansas City first baseman is at bat, I'd have to look. And then I'd switch over to watch my second baseman, some Chicago Cub. I don't care about the Chicago Cubs either, but correlation does not equal causation. I don't know if it's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball that... I felt this deep sense of obligation. I do not know if I was bored and just needed something to do. Altogether, it's just fair to say, I hate Yahoo. I hate Yahoo comments. I hate Yahoo chat. I did like my Yahoo avatar and thought it did a pretty good job at replicating my brown bald head. But otherwise... My year on Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is just a year and just another thing that doesn't need to be talked about. I say all this because two weeks ago, when I bought eight shares at $171 of Target stock on a random Wednesday, I did not realize that buying a stock on the stock market is basically just Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Except there's a real difference. 
Yahoo Fantasy Baseball ends around 11 o'clock, starts around 7. Target is always at bat at all times from 9.30 Eastern to 4.30 Eastern. It's all day long. Target is swinging and missing and swinging and missing and hitting and swinging and swinging and missing. And what started at 10 a.m. at 171.01 is worth a nickel more at 11 a.m. Shit. Do I sell? Do I buy more? I lived with one eye on Zoom and one eye on Fidelity, refreshing my fantasy team, wondering. Target's at $171.10. Am I rich now? Because if Yahoo Fantasy Baseball was just a chance to win my $25 back and maybe somebody else's $25, this is way more interesting. This is a chance to play for the random grand piano that I want when I'm an adult. This is a chance to play for my kids. I love those little nuggets. And if I'm going to stand and swing on my future and their future, I'm going to be the biggest Target fan there ever was. Stock on Yahoo Fantasy Baseball? My gosh, it's got nothing on it. None of the charm with fuck ton of more stakes. I love chance. My favorite games all have an element of chance. Poker, Yahtzee, Batgammon. Roll the dice and sign me up. And so I really put together... A team fully embracing this is the long haul. And I truly did think of it as a team. Because not everyone on Yahoo Fantasy Baseball does well every day. But all together, I can put together a team that I'm proud of. And I'm proud of the team that I put together. Because at the end of the day, the stock market only a strong as your weakest link. And my weakest links were put together with poise, intelligence, and just a little thing old school baseball fans call chance. Because chance is where you can prove you've really got the goods. My starting lineup on my inaugural team in stock market fantasy baseball was Target, Apple, Intel, and Rite Aid. Ask me what I think about Target. Well, I mean, I feel like I date a lot of women that disproportionately had an affection for Target I could never level up to. They can stay. Ask me what I think about Apple. Well, I got an iPhone a few months ago and it takes pretty shitty photos compared to my Samsung. I've heard my whole life about something about blue bubbles, and now that I'm seeing these blue bubbles, I'm still pretty indifferent to these blue bubbles. Truth is, I couldn't care less about Apple, but there's so many people who care so much about Apple that they can stay. Ask me what I think about Intel. I don't know what Intel is. I probably just saw it on the website. Ask me what I think about Rite Aid. I have strong opinions about Rite Aid. Rite Aid has the best generic pharmacy gummy bears. And it really isn't close. 
I don't eat gummy bears anymore because I'm trying to get cute. But if I did, I would eat Rite Aids. I, I, I fully support their ascension. I fully support their future. And I want them to make a difference in the world of American pharmaceuticals. All together, what once was dead, the Mets medical staff has now been reassembled. And all the obsession is back. Of course, fantasy baseball works when you match up against one team. The Yankees bleacher creatures one week, and we would tabulate scores for the week, and the Mets medical staff would get another win, start again on Monday. The stock market is so different because we're tabulating scores for not the next year, not two years, not 10 years, not 30 years. I, I, I may be winning. I may be losing. Baseball is a 162 game season. But this stock shit, it's a whole lifetime. And clicking refresh on one of the dozen tabs still open on my Chrome saying the exact same thing. Target is trading at $172 is not a thing I can keep up with for the next 30 years of my life. All this to say, Yahoo Fantasy Baseball was a terrible part of my life. And my team of Intel, Apple, Target, and Rite Aid just weren't going to stay a part of my life any longer. And so eventually, I had to trade them all. Here's the thing about this podcast. I am not going to get on this podcast and give a gospel of my success, why America's capitalist markets are successful. That's not the point. The point is, did I trade all my stocks and make money, lose money? Is there a happy ending? It's not about a happy ending. The fundamental point of this podcast existence is that if Robert, the person who has years that he does not talk about, can figure out that at some point you have got to start thinking generationally, it's not about the years that you talk about and the years that you do not, you actually have to receive the gift of imagining that your life both is impactful in this moment and that it is equally impactful generationally. And so I have to both unlearn an idea and a notion that my life has to live on a weekend, week out, did the Mets win today basis while at the same time realizing that there is no moment that is promised to me. And that is the special thing about chance. That is the special thing about hope. That is the special thing about recognizing mortality. It is in this tension that I must direct my money. And in the years I do not talk about, I can either move past those and carry with me a spirit of hesitancy, 
of paranoia, of trauma, all these things that have to get addressed. Or I can receive the gift, which is really one fundamental truth. I probably will not die today. And the special thing about not dying today is that I therefore do not have to keep what I have as if it does not matter for the future. I, I, I want to keep this as so plain as possible. Cash in my life is good for four things. Buying things, saving for emergencies, investing, giving it away. If there is a thousand dollars somewhere in my life that is not connected to either of those four things, it's a mistake. And so when I bought those target shares, it was on that spirit understanding it is a mistake. Because ultimately, I cannot live as if I am either going to die today or I'm not going to be ready for 30 years from now. Because if I am going to die today, I should have given away that $1,000. Because I would rather someone nearby in my neighborhood have it or someone advocating for causes or organizations that I care about have it then it just gets stuck in another random, untouched Wells Fargo checking account. And if I can accept that I probably will not die today and I've got another 30 years to go, yeah, then Robert, don't just keep it under your bed like you don't have a clue. Because you do. And so... it. Uh, I, I want to discuss with so much honesty the notion that we do not have a choice of our money to just sit on it. That's the fact. You cannot have cash that is not doing a job. Because cash exists to do a job for you. And every dollar that you have as you listen to this is to do a job for you. And I would even present to you, not not to push my religion, because I'm not pushing my religion. I'm really just pushing the insights that I think our civilization just agrees upon, which is you cannot sit on something that can make a difference and expect something different to happen. Here's what Jesus is now described. The kingdom of God is like going, is like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000 to another 2,000 to a third, 1,000, depending on their abilities. And then he left. 
Right off, the first service went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same, but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. The master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed him how he had doubled his master's investment. The master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is. Safe and sound to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done was at least invest that sum with the bankers, where at least I could have gotten a little interest. Take that thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe, won't go on a limb attitude. Throw him out into utter darkness. It is both a gift and to our shame, we all have so much that we are comfortable sitting on. And our money fits into that so perfectly. We sit on cash too afraid both to think that our life exist in a generational way and at the same time we're too stingent stringent that's the word and fearful and paranoid and timid to just give it away because that's the option because our cash is not something we keep like Carmelo Anthony keeps the basketball. Everything in our life is being shared and pushed away and given away because we either establish it in a generational way. We establish it to buy things that enrich our lives and our experience of being a human being. And also we give it to enrich the people that we care about. Because life cannot come to us and stop with us. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to both have too much to sit on. And yet I am both challenged that my sitting on it is a reflection of two assumptions I cannot make. I cannot make sitting on the gifts that I'm given feel prudent I cannot make it seem like discernment. I cannot make it seem like I am responsibly hoarding just in case something bad might happen. Because we know that something bad might happen. And something bad might happen the second I leave my house tomorrow morning. And so I am challenged and I am challenging myself. Robert, you have two options. 
You're going to give hundreds of dollars to your church's Christmas fund. You're going to give $100 to the future of Index, to the future of Apple. Those are the options. You are not just going to sit and stare at a blank number and think, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Because sitting on gifts that I have been given, that I did not work for, that I have been subsidized in the generosity of life, just mean I am not ready to keep living in a way that is relevant, that is impactful, and that matters. But the truth is, I've got too much to do. I really care about this podcast and I really care about my job and I really care about my roommates and I care about my church and I care about you listening. And so I had to sell the stocks because I don't like Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. All this to say, and if you're on TikTok, they would have told you this in 60 seconds. This was 20 minutes. Don't buy individual stocks. You're too young. You have too much to work on. You have too much to think about. Buy an index fund of the top 500. It'll grow 8% per year. If you bought a high yield savings account, a high yield savings account, it would grow max 0.07 on the year. Put it in the index fund. Put it in the S&P 500. You'll be fine. I'm praying for you. In fact, let me just pray for you. I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you. Not in the, in the spirit of Bethel offering reading number one. God, if you're listening, I want you to break. We First of all, God, we know you're listening. God, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of every part of my life today. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for being a part of this cider. Thank you for being a part of baseball and my friend, Leah Monier Williams' birthday and all the special things that make my life special and all the ordinary things that make my life feel like I'm a human being and all the things that keep me up at night and all the things that I get excited to dream about. Um, I don't know where investments and money and cash fit in, but I understand that you have so much grace to be a part of every part of that process. So thank you for the people who make TikToks and write articles and friends that I can lean on, people, ways we can have this conversation because we truly are just learning together and we're trying together and we're failing together, but we understand the only thing that does not work is sitting still and sitting on gifts and confusing that for any way that feels like wisdom. There is wisdom in making the risk. There is wisdom in playing the game of chance because the game of chance is simply just acknowledging we do not have certainty and yet we do have the gift of curiosity and we do have the gift of discovery and we actually together get the gift of rejoicing. So however I can rejoice in my money, however I can make my cash be a thing that can enrich other people, I want my money to be an answer to people's prayer tomorrow, and I want my money to be an answer to people's prayer in 30 years. And that is my prayer for every person listening to this podcast. So I am proud of you. I am so grateful for everything that is possible in your life. And I am grateful to be a part of just the unlearning of fear and the acceptance of possibility because that is the place we dwell and that is the testimony that we get to share
both in this moment and in the generations to come.